Hello, this is Pastor Sam Velez, and I'm so glad that you're joining us for our service. We hope you enjoy this message today, that it blesses your life and your families. We love you. I want to just start off here and be able to declare something to you. That even to this day, in November 2022, God is still a God who keeps his promises. I want to just be able to start off by declaring that the word of the Lord is true. That all the promises of God are still yes and amen. And I want to just be able to encourage somebody in this room today that feels that there's a promise that God gave them that they've seen no progress with, that they haven't seen anything move in their favor. I just want to encourage you today that despite however it might look right now, God is still a man of his word. He does not break his promises. He does not blow smoke. If he said it, it will come to pass. If God spoke it to you, if God birthed it on the inside of you, then baby, you can be sure of this. God is gonna bring it to pass. He is still a God of promises. He is still a God who keeps his word. Like the Bible says that he is not a man that he shall lie, nor is he the son of man that he shall repent. Listen, when God speaks something to you, he doesn't lie about it just to make you feel well in one season so so that you could be happy and get through. No, when God gives you a promise, when God gives you a word, God gives you the faith to be able to act on that word so that you could be able to inhabit and occupy the promise of God. He's not a man who shall lie. He does not lie. In the nature and character of God, you will never come to find out that God is a liar. God always says the truth. His only language is speaking the language of truth and speaking the language of faith. Listen, the Bible says that God created the world by the words of his mouth. And those words of his mouth, they show in the Bible that it's the faith that God has. I know you've come to church all your life and you've heard about how God wants you to have faith. But have you ever just taken a moment to be able to realize and understand that God himself has faith? God himself has faith to be able to act on the thing you're walking on right now called planet earth. It's here because of the faith of God. The body that you can be able to touch and grab, you have it because it was made by the words and the faith of our God. He is a God of miracles. He is the God of the impossible. There is nothing too hard for our God. I know that right now you might be looking at something and it looks hard to you. It seems hard to you. And you know what? It is. But when you put it in comparison to the power of our God, it might be hard for you. But baby, it is not hard for our God. Our God is the God. God of miracles. He's the God who makes the impossible possible. Hallelujah. All throughout the Bible, you will find out that God is a promise keeper. In Genesis, you read about how God promised Noah that the flood waters would come. And as he said it, it came to pass. 
the flood waters came and the entire earth was flooded. In the same book of Genesis, you read about Abraham. Abraham was told by God, come and follow me and I will take you to a land that I will show you. And as God said it, God came through with it. He took him to a land that God showed him. God told Abraham, Abraham, look up into the sky. And as you see all those stars, so you will have all those descendants. God promised it and God came to pass with it. In, in the New Testament, we read about how Paul, Paul was told by God, you will go to Rome and preach the word. And yes, there were storms along the line, but, but like before Paul got to Rome. But if you read that entire story, you will come to find that yes, the storms came. Yes, there was trials and tribulations, but it did not stop the purpose of God. Paul got to Rome and he preached. And I want you to be encouraged today. That there is a promise that God spoke to you, yes, a promise of healing, a promise of freedom, a promise that your business will flourish, a promise that your generations will be blessed, and God is going to keep that promise. God is going to see that promise come to pass. He's going to give you the faith and the fervor and the zeal and the passion to be able to act on it and run with it and step into the land that God has called you to occupy. He is still a God who keeps his promises. We read about a man named Caleb. Caleb was one of two spies that went into the promised land sent on assignment by Moses to be able to scope the land and be able to see what the promised land looked like and come back with a report for him. The Bible says that there was 12 spies that went in, but only two, Joshua and Caleb, came back and told Moses a good report. They said, Moses, the land is flowing with milk and honey. Look at the fruit that the land has produced. Surely, let us go to the land and take what God has promised us. But then there was another ten spies that came to Moses and said, Moses, we can't go and take that land. There are giants in the land, and they look at us like grasshoppers. Moses, we can't go to that land because their cities, they are fortified with walls. We can't go to take over this land because the people who currently live there, they are stronger than us. The Bible says that because of the report of the ten spies who were faithless, that the entire camp of Israel, they became discouraged and, and they lost faith and they stopped believing God and instead they cried all night. They complained against Moses. They instead preferred to be dead than to be alive. Listen, friend, I want to take a few moments to, to be able to help you with this. Friend, be careful because a negative report can affect your entire destiny. A negative mouth can affect your marriage. A negative mouth can affect your children. A negative mouth can affect your future. Look at what the report of those ten spies did to the entire nation of Israel. 
They had seen God split the sea open and walked on dry ground. But now, because of the negative report of ten spies, now they look at a feat that was supposed to be possible as impossible. Friend, be careful that the way that you're speaking is not destroying the lives around you and is destroying you internally. I've seen so many people who have negative mouths that end up ruining every relationship that they ever get in. Serious, romantic, friend-wise, they ruin them because their mouth is negative. If you're married in here, listen, a negative mouth can affect your marriage. You say, oh, there you go again. You just always want to pick a fight with me. Always want to fight. That negative mouth is destroying your marriage. That negative mouth is bringing your marriage down. It's cursing it. What if instead of you saying, oh, there you go again, babe. You always want to pick a fight about this, about that. What if instead you turned it around and said, wow, babe, you look great today. Wow, babe, you smell great today. Hey, that idea of yours, that's a great idea. That dream of yours, I believe in you and I support it. You see, words like that will be able to bless your marriage. You see, your negative mouth is affecting your children. Well, guys, like, like the economy is really bad right now, so really don't ask me anything for Christmas. Great job trying to make your kid happy. Oh, thanks, Dad. Okay. No, instead, say, guys, it's been a rough year, but God is faithful. He will come through as he always does. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's the Lord who provides. He meets all our needs according to his riches and glory. Your negative mouth, it's affecting your place of work. Have you ever had a friend that when you see them come into the office space, you're like, oh, my God, here they come. Hey, how are you? Well, you know, traffic was really bad today. You know, the, like the barista at Starbucks, they got my order wrong again. Again? That's like the sixth time this, this week. Always, oh, you know, well, the boss told me to do this. Yeah, it's your job. Well, you know, the boss got mad at me because I was late. Yeah, because you were late. Your negative mouth is affecting your place of work. If you're a business owner, how about instead of saying, guys, I really need, need you guys to work hard because inflation is really bad. How about you just say, guys, I appreciate all your hard work. I thank you for showing up every Monday, every Tuesday. I pray God blesses you. Your mouth, your mouth, the Bible says it carries the power of life and death. How about instead of using your mouth to curse everything around you, how about you use your mouth to bless everything around you? How about you use your, 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 your voice to be able to encourage and uplift? I'm not telling you to be blinded and, and, and go to work and be like, nothing's wrong, everything is perfect. No, no, I'm not asking you to sound like some crazy person. But I'm asking you to believe God at his word that what he said, he will come through with. You, you see, to the ten spies that were faithless, 
they were able to, to see the task as impossible because they measured, they measured their strength against the strength of those giants. Friend, don't ever try to go through life trying to measure your strength against anything. Our strength is futile. We're not strong enough. We're not wise enough. We don't have it all together. But those two spies, Caleb and Joshua, they didn't measure the giants against their strength. They measured the giants against the strength of God. And they said, surely, surely, if God took us out of Egypt, he will bring us into this land. I really want to encourage somebody today who feels like the promise that God gave to them has been tarrying. Who feels like the promise that God gave to them they haven't seen any progress with. Listen to me, friend. God is looking for a generation of Caleb's who will go into America, who will go into all the world, who will go into Laredo and say, if God be for us, who dare be against us? If God lives on the inside of me, who dare raise up a finger against me and my God? He's looking for a generation of Caleb's. But what does a generation of Caleb's look like? What does a generation of Caleb's sound like? What does a generation of Caleb's do? I want to give you five things. Five things out of the life of Caleb that you can be able to do to be the Caleb generation. To occupy the land that God has called you to occupy. Number one, we see out of the life of Caleb. That he came boldly to Joshua. The Bible says that because of the ten reports that were negative, God said none of this generation will go into the promised land. So the Bible says that 45 years after God had given Caleb that promise, the Bible says that that entire generation of unbelievers had died. Moses had died, and now Israel had a new leader named Joshua. The Bible says that Caleb, he comes one day boldly, and he says, Joshua, you and I both know what God said to me that day when Moses promised me that land. You see, number one, if you want to be a generation of Caleb's, come boldly before God. Don't come beggarly before God. Well, God, here I am this Sunday. You know, I did it again. I scrammed at my kids. I shouldn't have done it. Oh, God, you know, I did this to my wife. I shouldn't have said it. I went too far. Well, I, I told my husband he stinks. I'm sorry. No. Don't come to God with a beggarly attitude. You are not a beggar. Jesus said, I don't call you servants. I call you friends. You can come to God on Sundays. You can come to God Monday through Saturday and say, God, I'm coming to you as your son, as your daughter. And I'm asking you to come through with what you said you were going to come through with. Come boldly before God. The Bible says that we are to come boldly before the throne of grace so that we could find grace to move on and mercy to start over in our time of need. Friend, could it be 
that, that the reason you're not getting the thing you need is because you keep on going to the wrong place to look for it. Could it be that instead of coming to the throne of grace, instead of coming to the house of God, you're going to a bar, you're going to a club, you're going to friends that are not godly. Friends, stop going to all those places and come boldly before God and say, God, here I am. I'm imperfect, but I know you love me. I know you died for me. I know you resurrected for me. Hallelujah. Can you do what you said you would do? You see, it's at the throne of grace that you'll find all that you need. What is it that you need today? Is it grace to to move on? Is it mercy to start over? Is it strength to be able to fight for what's yours? What is it that you need? Listen, whatever it is that you need, you can come to God today and say, God, I believe you at your word. If you said that the weak, the weak would say, I am strong, then I declare it to be so. I am weak, but I am strong. Hallelujah. I know who I am. I'm a child of God. Friend, boldness like that, it honors God. God appreciates when his people come boldly to him and remind him of his promises. You don't have to say, hey, God, um, if you have, you know, just a free, you know, gap to talk to me, you know, Tuesday, 2.30 p.m., that'd be great. Central time, Eastern time, it, it doesn't matter. I'm on your clock. No, you don't have to come to God looking for an appointment. The Bible says that the moment you open up your mouth, the ear of God is attentive on the earth to hear the cries of his children. Number one, how can you be a Caleb generation? Come boldly to God. Number two, how can you be a Caleb generation? A Caleb generation holds on to the promise of God. Listen, Caleb for 45 years, he held on to the word of the Lord. Seasons change. Winter came. Summer came. Spring came. Fall came. People came into his life. People came out of his life. He was in Egypt. He came out of Egypt. He was in the wilderness walking around the desert in circles. But for 45 years, he held on to the promise of God. I'm telling you today, hold on. I came to encourage you today. Maybe you feel like giving up on it. Oh, come on, man. It's been two years. God said he was going to bless this marriage. I feel like it's getting worse and worse and worse. Hold on. Oh, Alex, you don't know what they're teaching my kids. I don't know if they'll be mighty in the land like the Bible says. No, hold on to the promise of God. Well, Alex, it's because you don't know. Look at the economy. Look at what, what the experts are saying. I don't, look, friend, I don't care what the experts are saying because I'm not partnered with the experts. I'm partnered with the king of heaven. I'm partnered with Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom, Elohim, Yahweh. I'm partnered with Jesus. So the experts can say whatever they want to say, but their truth is not my truth. I got a truth in this book that supersedes what the experts say. 
Hold on to the promise of God. Don't let go. You know, one of the things that this generation of Christians struggles with the most is not passion. It's commitment. It's determination. One fight in their marriage, pastor, I'm going to get a divorce. Why? Why? One fight? I, I, I give up on it. One call from the teacher about your children. Oh, they're mess ups. Why? It's one call. Don't give up. Be committed. Be determined that the dream that God placed on the inside of you, God will bring it to pass. Be determined. I know sometimes there, there's a lot, a lot of Christians that come to church and they love God. But the moment that they don't see God work on their schedule, they stop coming to church. And then when they see it, they come back. Oh, God, thank you so much. I know I've been missing for like six months and a half, but I'm back this Easter Sunday. Thank you for coming back. No, friend, be determined. The Bible says that the race was not given to the strong or the weak, but the race was given to the one who would persevere until the very end. You see, God is faithful. The problem is, is that his people are faithless. God is loyal. The problem is that his people are disloyal. The moment that God doesn't do the, like the thing that they want him to do, oh, never mind, I don't think this church thing is for me. Friend, the moment you don't see anything going your way, listen to me, go harder running after God. The moment you don't see anything shifting in your life, don't stop coming to church. Come to church more. Oh, you know what? This is going wrong in my life, but I'm not waiting to go to church on Sunday. I'm coming Tuesday for prayer night. I'm coming Wednesday for our Thanksgiving service. I'm coming Sunday morning for both services because I need a touch from heaven. Hold on to the promise of God. For 45 years, Caleb held on. So many times people give up after four months. Oh, man. They, you know, a lot of times I think God is looked at by many people as some stock. I'm going to take out a little bit of stock, and when it works out in my favor, then I'll cash out on it. God is not some sort of stock that you can just take out. God either wants all of you or he has none, none of you. God either wants to be Lord of your life or enemy to you. He cannot be Lord on Sunday. And then God knows what he is on Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. God wants to be Lord of your life. God wants to save you from, from the attack of the enemy. Listen, this whole world and all the attacks of the enemy, they want to destroy you, but not God. God wants to reward you. The Bible says that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Diligently. Not just sometimes on a special Sunday service when we got a special guest. No, every day of their life, they wake up and say, God, you gave all of you so that I could have relationship with you again. So I'm giving you all of me every day of my life that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. How can you be a Caleb generation? Number one, come boldly before God. Number two, hold on to the promises of God. Number three, never lose your fight. 
Listen, I don't know who the world has told you you are. But I can tell you this out of the Bible. You're not weak. You're strong. I don't know what the world has told you you are, but I can tell you out of the Bible, you're not dumb. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I don't know what that wife or what that coach or what that teacher told you, but I can tell you out of the Bible, you are not a failure. You are a child of God. Don't lose your fight. It's because, Alex, you don't know how hard it is. Can I tell you something? For 45 years, Caleb never lost his fight. At 85 years old, Caleb was as passionate then as he was at 40 when he first got that word from God. Let me tell you something about a word from God. You know what, what it was that kept Caleb alive for 45 years, even though they walked in the desert? Not only was it his faith, but it was a word from God. Can I tell you that if today you were to be able to leave with this word from God tattooed in your heart and you would carry it, that you would hide the word of God in your heart so you would not sin against him, you'd be able to see that your body would be replenished, your strength would be multiplied, your ideas would prosper, everything you lay your hand to would prosper. Why? Because that's the power of a word from God. You know, one word from God created all the galaxies that we see. What could one word from God do to your life if you received it today? Baby, you better believe it could heal you. It could free you. It could fix that marriage. It could get those children right. It can be able to prosper that business. Friend, don't lose your fight. Maybe you feel like after three years of the pandemic, you lost your fight. Well, the devil is a liar, and I came to announce it. You have not lost your fight. You are still strong today as you were then, and you will occupy what God promised you. Listen, a child of God cannot die until the promise of God has come to pass before their very eyes. At 85 years old, Caleb came in like he owned it and said, Caleb, I came to get what's mine. Typically at 85 years old, somebody's making amends, making, the, making sure that like the will is taken care of, getting ready to transition into eternity. But not Caleb. At 85 years old, he said, Joshua, look at me, baby. I'm still strong. I've been going and I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to take back what belongs to me. And I'm telling you today, you might feel old. You might not look like you want to look. You might not feel like you want to feel. You might not see what you want to see. But baby, you're still strong right now as you were then. He said, Joshua, I'm as strong as I was at 40. I am strong like that at 85. I can still go to war. I can still go. I can still come. What was it that kept the strength of Caleb alive? The fact that a word was hidden in his heart. Hide the word of God in your heart and watch that your strength will always be multiplied. 
It'll be impossible for you to be able to wake up and say, oh, my back hurts. Oh, my knees. Oh, it's the weather. No, you'd be able to say, God is my healer. He is my redeemer. God multiplies my strength. At 40, I stopped getting old. I got stronger and stronger. And I came to tell you today, in the name of Jesus, you're getting stronger. You're coming out greater. And God is taking you from glory to glory. Strength to strength and grace to grace. Hallelujah. The Caleb generation comes boldly before God. It holds on to the promises of God. It never loses their fight. Number four, it takes what's theirs. Oh, I love this. At 85 years old, the Bible says that Caleb tells Joshua, give me this mountain. And Joshua remembers the faithfulness of Caleb, the spirit of faith that he had. You see, there was 10 spies that had a spirit of fear, but there was two that had a spirit of faith. When God looks on on the planet right now and he sees you, what does he see you with? With a spirit of fear or with a spirit of faith? The Bible says that Caleb comes with his spirit of faith and says, give me this mountain and surely the Lord will help me take out all the people who who are on the land that belongs to me. Listen, before Caleb ever walked on the promise of God, the promise of God lived on the inside of him. Are you waiting to see the promise of God come to pass and then believe in it? Or do you have it hidden in in your heart and you already received it? You already thank God for it. Now you're just waiting to get the green light and go and get what's yours. The Bible says that Caleb told Joshua, give me this mountain. And Joshua said, all right, Caleb, I bless you. Go and take the land that belongs to him. And wouldn't it be great if the story ended with a happily ever after and said, oh, and Caleb went and made a mansion and lived there forever and ever and ever. Amen. That's not how the story ends, though. The Bible says that Caleb goes to to the land. And Lord and behold, he finds three giants on that land. But you know what I love? That the Bible doesn't say that Caleb came back and said, Joshua, I'm going to ask you for a refund. Here's the receipt. Uh, Can you refund me back what I used to have? Because I don't want this land. There's three giants on there. I'm 85 years old. I don't think I could get them. No. The Bible says that Caleb went with the faith that he had, with the boldness that he had, with the strength that he had, just like Gideon, when God came to him and said, mighty warrior, go in the strength that you have. The Bible says that Caleb went in the strength that he had, and he kicked those giants out of his land and said, this is mine. Get out in Jesus' name. And I'm telling you that so that you can look at every giant in your life and not make it comfortable so that it could stay forever, but so that you can look at it and say, depression, get out in Jesus' name. Addiction to alcohol, pornography, drugs, get out in Jesus' name. 
problems in my finances, poverty mindset. Get out in Jesus' name. And the same way that those three giants were kicked out, I'm telling you today, if you'd be the Caleb generation and use the spirit of faith that you have, I'm telling you no devil, no demon, no principality of darkness will ever stop you from walking in the purpose of God. I'm telling you the word of the Lord is true. You will inhabit what God said is yours. Come on, if you believe it and receive it, put those hands together. Tell God, I receive it. I know it's mine. I have one last point for you. The Caleb generation, number one, comes boldly before God. Number two, holds on to the promise of God. Number three, they never lose their fight. Number four, They take what's theirs. Listen, Caleb wasn't fighting for something that he wanted. No, no, no. He was fighting for something that was his. Listen, healing is yours as a child of God. The blessing of God is yours as a child of God. Victory is your inheritance. I love that verse. It says goodness goodness and mercy are chasing us down. Not trials and tribulations. Not sickness and and disease. Not fear and defeat. No, goodness and mercy are chasing you down. Friend, there is something that God has marked for you. It has your name on it. And all you got to do is use the spirit of faith on the inside of you and receive and occupy the land that is already yours. Last one, the Caleb generation, it has a different spirit. Numbers chapter number 13, I find it fascinating that when God talks about Caleb, he says, Caleb, he was a man who had a different spirit. Oh, I love that. I love that he didn't have a spirit like the rest of the Israelites. He didn't have a spirit like Moses. He didn't have a spirit like Joshua. He had a different spirit. One that was loyal to God. Caleb said it multiple times. I followed the Lord wholly. Fully I followed him. Meaning that his eyes never wavered to the right or to to the left. His eyes were steadfast on the Lord. His gaze was fixed on him. He knew what the promise of God was. And he knew God as a promise keeper. He had a different spirit. And I came to encourage you today that you also have a different spirit. You don't have the spirit of the world. Paul said, we have the spirit of Jesus that raised him out of the grave that lives on the inside of us to be able to get us out of every trouble, every difficulty, every problem, every trial, and every tribulation. You have a different spirit. It's the Holy Spirit of God. 
Don't let the devil push you back on a corner to make you take something that's just okay with you. No, God has separated you for greatness. For greatness. I one time told somebody, I said, all your life, God has been running after you. From the moment you were in your mother's womb, you were protected to be great. It's the same for all of us. You've been protected to be great. So don't ever settle for anything less than greatness. Don't ever settle for anything less than victory. Don't ever settle for anything less than freedom. Don't ever settle for anything less than a miracle. Don't ever settle for anything less than the favor and the blessing of God. You have a different spirit. It's the spirit that leads us into all truth. It's the spirit that came on those believers like a fire in Acts chapter number 2. You have a different spirit. You're not like everybody else. You're not normal. You're abnormal. You are chosen by God, separated by him to do great things in the world. Listen, at 85 years old, Caleb was kicking giants out of his land. And I came to tell somebody who feels like, man, I'm too old. Man, it's too late for me. 45, 50, 60, 75, whatever it could be. At 85 years old, Caleb was a bad man going into that land and saying, I don't know who you think you are, but I know who I am and I know who lives on the inside of me. So I'm telling you, get out of my land. This is mine. I asked for the mountain and I'm not going back without it. You have a different spirit. Act on it. Go back to work tomorrow and take what belongs to you. I know the report of the doctor says one thing, but the devil is a liar. The doctor won't have the last word. God will. I know that the report of the experts might seem real, but I'm not partnered with no experts. I'm partnered with the king of heaven. So while everybody else is trying to figure out how they're going to make it financially, I'm not worried a single day of my life. I know the hand of God is over my life. I know his favor is on me. And I know that all of my needs are met according to his riches and glory. Thank you so much for joining our service and for listening to us. We are located at 4519 East Del Mar Boulevard in Laredo, Texas. And we hope that you continue to be a part of our ICM family.